Church. Good morning, Hope everyone's well and um, on Zoom. Welcome to any new people to Hope Community Church. It's where I found my faith and salvation in the Lord. And um, also realised that no church is perfect. I looked around for other churches and I come to the conclusion that church is full of broken people. That's why we need churches in the body of Christ. And this is my home. I love this church and I love Jesus. I love what Jesus has done in my life and in my family's life. And, you know, I've realised as well that the word of God is offensive. It's really offensive to people who don't believe in it as well. And believe it or not, it's offensive to some Christians as well. You know, it's not polite, the word of God, because of the truth. You know, and thank God that he's given me courage to stand up here today and to reveal some of his word. Last time, um, I'd done a little teaching on Matthew 5, up to verse 7. So I'm going to continue from Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, from verse 8 to 12. I thought that made sense. I prayed about it and it just seemed the good thing to do, that it was in order. And we'll see where it kind of takes us. So... I'm just going to read the text first, so I'm going to go Matthew 5 from verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we'll just pick it up at verse 8. Verse 8. So it talks about, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So what does it mean when it says, for they shall see God? Not only with the perception of faith, but in the glory of heaven. So I'm going to look at the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 12, verse 14. So it states, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. And in my Bible, in the study notes, it was recommended when I was a new believer, get a study Bible, Jimmy. This is what he said to me, and, and study the notes in the Bible, because it's impossible to understand the full character of God and what God is saying. And I always say, well, God, are you listening? To, you know, give me a word. And someone said, Jimmy, here's a Bible. Here is God's word. He'll they speak to you fully through the Bible. You know, fantastic revelation. So in the um, book of Hebrews, it talks in, this, in the study notes about pursuing holiness in this epistle and it's explained as a drawing near to God with full faith and a cleansed conscience. That is the promise of God, you know, a full faith and a cleansed conscience. And I, I can't do that 
without the Holy Spirit in me. It's impossible to do it because my, my conscience was never cleansed before a believer. I couldn't sleep at night, you know, and that's all I wanted was a bit, a bit of peace. And it's, I often say, why, why was I saved? I was saved because God had someone else in mind who didn't know about Jesus, to tell someone about Jesus. I, I watched the video the other day, this boy in New York, he must have been 10 or 11, he was preaching on the streets of New York with a Bible. And people were offensive to this boy, he's 10 years of age and he's preaching the gospel. And God's given that talent to go out and be bold. So a genuine acceptance of Christ as the saviour and sacrifice for sin, bringing the sin, sinner, sorry, into fellowship with God, reconciliation with God, to, to come back to, to my father, you know. I'm just going to continue from um, where I've left off with Hebrews. So note, unbelievers will not be, be drawn to accept Christ if as believers our lives do not demonstrate the qualities of God's desires, including peace and holiness. So people won't be drawn to us as, as believers if we're not living a godly life, if we're not living a life of holiness and peace. That doesn't mean we're perfect, but to try, just to try and have some of the qualities the Lord has been teaching us, you know, including the peace and the holiness. So in John 13 verse 35, it says, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And then it kind of took me to the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 3 and 4, because it talks about the glory of heaven. And we've sang a lot about um, seeing God's face today and things like that. So it says, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. That's what it says in the book of Revelation 22, verses 3 and 4. And in the study notes, it talks about no more curse. So it's talking about the curse of humanity, as a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience. It will be totally finished and God will never have to judge sin again since it will never exist in the new heaven and earth. So talking about his face, God's face, no unglorified human could see God's face and live. It tells us that in the book of Exodus. You, you wouldn't see God's face and live because it would be too bright. In Exodus 33, verses 20 to 23, it tells us that. But the residents of heaven can look on God's face without harm, because they're now holy. It tells me that in John 1, verse 18. So I'm going to go on to um, verses 9 from the Beatitudes. So it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So the peacemakers, who are they? Who are these peacemakers? In this context, context, sorry, they are those who promote God's peace. This peace is taken from the Hebrew, Hebrew word shalom. In this statement, Jesus is stating that those who put their faith in him and actively pursue peacemaking 
will receive the eternal reward of being called children of God as they reflect the Father's character. Because as a, as a believer, I've, I've been saved nearly 13 years, yeah? And you could argue, well, if my name was in the Book of Life, I was saved before then. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? So it's like, at first I was fed on, on some milk, you know, and I was fed on more solid food. And now I'm becoming, dare I say, a little tiny bit mature <laughs> in my walk with the Lord. And, and I should be having some fruit now. And I should be walking in the likeness of Jesus with some qualities where I'm being taught because I'm born again. You know, and we can test that in, in Galatians 5 in the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, so the peacemakers are called children of God simply because we've been given new hearts through Jesus. I've got a new heart because I had a heart of stone. So God's given me a new heart. He softened my heart. And then I had the call of salvation, one of the lost sheep. And then I repented of my sins. And then the Holy Spirit was invested in me. And then I was born again. And I was given a new heart. My mind was transformed. And there's no like human power can do it. I've tried for years. Oh yeah, just believe in yourself, Jimmy, and just, you know, you can sort it all out. Total depravity. That's what I've come to the end of the road. So, you know, we've got to try and walk like Jesus and act like Jesus. So I'm going to continue on there in verse 9 still. So let's have a look more at these qualities in Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45. And I'm just going to read it, the same, really relevant. So it says in Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on evil, on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. I'm just going to go to my study notes. So it talks about loving your enemies, that you may be sons of your Father. So this plainly teaches that God, God's love extends even to his enemies. This universal love of God is manifest in blessings which God bestows on us all indiscriminately. Theologians refer to this common, as common grace. This must be distinguished from the everlasting love God has for the elect. And it tells us that in Jeremiah 31 3. But let's not go there today. So, as a Christian, I'm supposed to turn the other cheek when someone persecutes me and hates me and is spiteful. No, and I, I'll give you a little example. It's, it's really relevant, this. So I just got a text message um, Saturday morning. Someone had sent me 10 to 12 at night. But I'm asleep at 10 to 12 at night because I'm really tired and I turn my phone off. So I respond to it in the morning. I said to the person, just give me a call at these times, I'm available, I'm quite busy. And then I thought nothing of it, and then I got this, and this is from a Christian, by the way, 
who professes to be a Christian. I've got this vile text it was about that long, with so many swear words in it. It was, it was awful, honestly. Now, 23 years ago, I would have went down to his address and knocked on his door. But I didn't. What I've what I done was I pray for his healing. I pray for the Lord to soften his heart. And I ask the Lord to soften my heart towards him. And I rang him up, he didn't answer his phone, by the way. <laughs> and I left him a message. And I said, um, please don't send me messages like that. Come along to our, one of our believers' meetings. And, um, and then that was it, really. And, and then I lifted him up and prayed, you know, for his blessing. So we will be persecuted. Because mm -hmm. God's word is offensive. Right. We are in a spiritual battle with the devil as well, because Jesus was tempted as well for 40 days and 40 nights. You know, so we've got to keep pushing through. And, and the word of God, <coughs> excuse me, the word of God is the antidote to the devil. The scriptures, you know, and Jesus defeated Satan. So let's not give him any credence today. It's all about the Lord. So I'm gonna move on to verse 10. So it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm just going to go to 1 Peter 4. Okay. Do you want me to carry on, Mary? Yeah. Thank you. So I'm just going to go, thanks, um, Agatha. Thanks, Sarah. Right, let's get back on track. I'm just going to go to 1 Peter 4, verses 12 to 14. So it says, um, we be persecuted. So in, in the study notes, Peter's explaining that four attitudes are necessary in order to be triumphant in persecution. This is the this is the direction the Bible's, the Bible's given us to um, be triumphant in this persecution, right? So one, expect it if you're a believer. Sorry to say, that's, that's the truth. Two, rejoice in it, because that's what the Bible says. Three, evaluate its cause. And four, entrust it to God. So the Christian who is persecuted for his faith is a partner in the same kind of suffering Jesus endured. Suffering for doing what is right and for telling the truth. So as Christians, it should be expected. So let's go to James um, 5, verses 10 and 11. So it says, My brother... Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You've heard of the perseverance of Job and see the, seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. So Job is a classic example of a man who patiently endured suffering and was blessed by God for his persevering faith. I mean, he suffered terribly, 
one thing after another, boils and all sorts of stuff happening to him. James is reassuring us that God has a purpose for our suffering, just as he did for Job. The scriptures repeatedly affirm God's compassion and mercy. Just repeatedly confirm it all the time. So in verse 11 it said, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, persecute you, sorry, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. And in 12 it says, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who went before you. You know, they were all persecuted. You know, all the disciples come to, um, I think most of them come to a uh, horrific death. So to sum up in the last two verses, Jesus said to rejoice when persecuted. Persecution can be good. It takes our eyes off earthly rewards. It strips away superficial belief. It strengthens the faith of those who endure it. And our attitude through it serves as an example to others to follow. And finally, we can be comforted to know that God's greatest prophets were persecuted, as I said. Elijah, Jeremiah, Daniel, etc. The fact that we're being persecuted proves we have been faithful. Faithless people will be unnoticed. In the future, God will reward the faithful by receiving them into his eternal kingdom, where there is no more persecution, you know, there's no more sin. You know, it's over. We get to spend eternity in heaven. If you're a believer and if you're saved. You know, and the Bible, as I said, can be offensive because there's the love of Jesus and there's heaven, but there's also the other side of it, which is hell. And there's some stuff what's really hard to kind of preach in churches nowadays because people want to hear all the good stuff and not the bad stuff. But, you know, there is a lake of fire as well. And what time I've got left on this earth, I don't know. But I, won't, I certainly want to spend it getting right with God. Right? And I want to spend it trying to get my family right with God, and my friends right with God, and people in our community right with God. Because it's more important than people's feelings and how they feel about stuff. So if you've got a friend and you're trying to talk to them about the gospel, please tell them the truth. You know? And can we do it with a kind heart? Oh, absolutely. You know, we have to do it with, with some love, don't we? Otherwise, it, it doesn't mean nothing. And, um, yeah, so I encourage you, if you're a new believer or if you're new to church, keep pushing in with the Word of God. Get with someone who understands the Bible, who can teach you the Bible. I just started reading the Bible. That's what I done. I asked the Holy Spirit to um, to minister to me, for me to understand the Bible, to understand God's word, to ask God what He wants me to do for Him, for His glory, because you know everything has got to be for God's glory.
you know, not our glory, for what he's doing in, in our lives, you know. Um, yeah, I just want to say, and I, I don't know why I'm saying this, but it, it's on my heart, you know, I, I was sat in a prison cell 23 years ago, smoking tobacco from a little Bible, ripping pages out of the Bible to smoke tobacco on. How offensive is that to God? Oh, one of the things I had to repent for. But knowing the other side of it, my life fell apart, that God was actually putting it back together for the glory of him. You know, and what an amazing God we serve. You know, and um, thank you for allowing me to speak today. So I'm just going to finish in a, in a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for what you've done on the cross. Lord, I thank you for what you continue to do in our lives. Lord, I just pray um, good health, Lord, spiritual health over whole community church. Pray, Lord, that you continue to protect us. Lord, I just pray that you continue to dismantle any schemes of the enemy, Lord, and stamp all over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for our families, Lord. We pray for people who are unsaved, Lord, that we can somehow touch them with a kind word, Lord, and lead them into church, Lord. We ask all these things in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Amen.